Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Save Your Sanity. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. You may think that somehow you're supposed to buck up and be able to deal with all the stress in your life. And when you get pushed in that direction, people telling you you should and telling you you're weak if you can't, that's a big mistake. And we're going to talk about that today because that could be definitely affecting your health in the negative. And we want to talk with Dr. Elizabeth Hughes about that. So stay tuned. Welcome to Save Your Sanity Podcast. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. Are you living with the chaos, confusion, and uncertainty that a toxic person loves to create? Is a partner, parent, ex, sibling, child, or coworker causing you to second-guess yourself? That can be crazy-making. I'm here to help you save your sanity. So let's get down to it and figure some things out now. Stay tuned. Well, Dr. Elizabeth Hughes, we've had the opportunity to talk before, so I'm so excited that you're coming back so we can talk about this very important subject of when we are finding ourselves in a situation where there is consistent isolation or stress or um, difficult relationships, that it takes a toll on the body, doesn't it? Oh, yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I sort of think about it, uh, and it's not a bad way to think about it, as your rodent part of your brain, which we all have. You know, we've all got a rodent brain. And rodents, if you think about it, they're prey, and they're always looking around. Am I safe? Am I safe? And Am I safe? And only when they feel safe, then they do all of the things they need to do, like eat or, or, or just relax. So if you're in a situation where you are constantly wondering, am I safe? Am I safe? Am I safe? Am I safe? Your brain is is never, ever uh, relaxing. And it's not just your brain. The the whole um, neuroendocrine system, because they're, they're intimately linked. They are the same thing. What you think becomes your body's chemistry every time. And so, you know, you talk about isolation. Well, we need people. Like we're, 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 you know, you know, tribal or, or herd animals in a way we need other people. Even me, an introvert needs some people, right? (laughs) You know, even the introverts do. Um, And so if you feel alone, you don't have someone watching your back. So you're wondering, am I safe? Am I safe? Am I safe? And, you know, and you can look at it in so many different ways, but it's really that question of, am I safe? Can I relax? Can I let my guard down? And in any of these situations that you mentioned, the answer is usually no. And it's Mm -hmm. being translated into a constant state of physiological, meaning biological stress in your body. 
Mm-hmm. Do you know, I, I think about meerkats when I hear you say that. I, I hear them, you know, bubbling up and going, what, 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 what? <laughs> Looking in every direction, their head almost on a swivel to make sure mm-hmm. that they're safe. And and we do live that way. And if we happen to be with the people that I talk about, a hijackal, a person who is constantly looking to have an advantage over you or make you wrong, then you are in that heightened state of awareness, that heightened state of alertness. And after a while, your body gets tired. Yes, yes. You can keep this up for a little while. I mean, you know, like we have our adrenaline system and our our sympathetic nervous system in order for those short-term events when we need to get away, (laughs) right? But here's the thing, And, and this is where the human brain comes in. We rationalize, uh, we make, I call them for myself, the rules that, that mean that, well, I'm, I can make this safe for myself if I follow these rules and like, okay, we're not breaking those rules. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to, I, I must be okay. And so that's where those ideas of, um, uh, you know, you're not relaxed, you're not well, <laughs> you know. Well, it's an alert system. It's the amygdala setting up going, alert, 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 something's happening. You become hypervigilant. You know, your partner's coming home. Is everything okay? Is there anything that's going to be complained about? What's going to happen? I have a pattern of being hypervigilant around this person because it's the only way to stay safe. And so you're constantly living in that state of arousal. And when you're in that state of arousal, of course, it's like using a whole lot of energy. And after a while, you're energy depleted. Yes. Absolutely, absolutely, and uh, and the only way to replenish that energy is, I mean, to be honest, you have got to stop the input, mm-hmm. and this is this is the tricky part. You know, you have to recognize where where the input of the sense of danger is, and you just have yeah. to stop that. A, a good night and. I will speak from personal experience. A good night's sleep, a weekend away, coffee with a friend doesn't do it. It, You just have to stop that input of of whatever it is that's keeping you unsafe or giving you that uneasy, unsettled feeling. I so agree. And I would take it one step further. Be away long enough to get yourself back into some kind of normal situation internally and then get some perspective on, whoa, I feel so different. Oh, I I can relax. Wow, I had no idea how wound up I was. And then you can get some help to look at it and say, what was winding me up? And do I want do I want any more of that? Because mm-hmm. that's a big question. But if we don't get some help, Elizabeth, what is going to happen to our bodies? What is actually happening internally? Oh, okay. Fabulous question. So I will just say that that sympathetic nervous system, that alert system that produces all of the neurotransmitters and uh, hormones, touches every single part of the body. There is no part, there's no cell in your body that doesn't have a receptor for these stress hormones. I mean, so when you think about it like that, our whole body is supposed to work. 
Uh, so here's a few things. Stress reduces blood flow to the brain uh, uh, on an immediate basis. Like, and, and it's the part of the brain that rationalizing, planning, judgment part, the frontal lobe, operates in relative oxygen starvation. I mean, that's what goes on. And that happens fast. That happens in a few heartbeats. You make that change. Over the long term, there have been changes like fewer connections between neurons. So we can't think as well. We can't make connections in our brains as well if we don't have those physical connections. And there's actually a shrinking of the gray matter, the part mm. of the brain that that is our sort of living cell bodies. So, you know, not just the not just the connections. So the whole brain is affected short term and long term and and that's just the brain. I mean, that's the, we're just at the brain. You can look at what happens to metabolism over time. Okay, let me ask a question about the brain because I think it's really important what you said. And I want to highlight that because if you're feeling that I just can't think, you have that kind of fuzzy brain syndrome mm-hmm. and you've been on high alert all this time and you haven't really realized how much you are on high alert, then it's very important to recognize what you just said that, okay, living like that is going to cause you. Like I did a lot of teaching people about anger management. And when people go into anger arousal, they're going into the same situation of any stress, right? Any stressor. And I love what Ashley Brilliant had to say about that. He said, uh, make a speech when you're angry and you'll make the best speech you'll ever regret. (laughs) And it's really important because it highlights what you're saying, because when we don't have oxygen to the prefrontal lobes and and the parietal lobe system that is, is taking in information and having us be able to deal with it in a rational, linear fashion, some consequential fashion, and we get into hyperarousal and then we get fuzzy brain, we can just give up. It, it, we right. can't think our way through it. We can just give up. And so here we are just at the brain in terms of what happens when you're in these long-term difficult situations. So let's go on what you were going to say about the <laughs> metabolism. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I just wanted to, you, you brought something up and I'll just say one more thing about the brain. When you are in a difficult situation, you would want all of your brain to be working and you're really <laughs> functioning with like just part of it. <laughs> like just lop part of it off. <laughs> like, yes. oh, I can figure this out now. Exactly. Um, that I mean that that is what happens to people. Like you have lots of clients as a medical doctor, you have lots of patients you've experienced this with. Um as as I do in my practice, I have people all over the world who say, I just can't think about it anymore. I've just given up. I don't know what right. to do. But I'm giving it one last shot by coming to see you. Help me. <laughs> you know, I can't think anymore. Can I borrow your brain is really what they're saying. Right? I love that. Yeah. Well, and the funny, so I will speak for me because I've had my own hijackal, a very, very difficult long marriage that um, I was exactly caught in this trap. And the one thing I had was my logical organized part of my brain. So I could make check boxes and say, okay, do this, do this, do this. And think that when everything on my day to-do list was done, I would be safe. And I tried to 
organize my way out. And then my brain was so foggy that I couldn't even follow my own my own little checklist. And then I just knew this has to go. Like you can't, I cannot organize my way through this. I want to add something to that because you may be listening to this and think, oh, well, you know, does this happen to everybody? Well, Dr. Elizabeth Hughes, my guest today, is a medical doctor. She just said she was in a hijackal relationship, and she was observing physiological symptoms. And still, you know, what do you do? You can't change what the body's going to do unless you change what you're doing. (laughs) So it happens to everyone. And you can talk to Dr. Elizabeth Hughes at Elizabeth Hughes md.com so you can go and find her elizabeth hughes md.com but i want to add to that elizabeth because i had a client who a couple came to me and she was a medical doctor working in a clinic a family practice clinic and he was an entrepreneur and they came to see me and he was saying they just had a baby I can't even trust her with the baby. She can't think. She can't do anything. I, if I need her to call a plumber, she won't call the plumber. She won't get it done on time. She won't call the right plumber. I just can't trust her with anything. And I remember watching this woman, fuzzy brain. Oh, yeah. oh my goodness. She was just in that state because she had come to to the United States from another country. She had requalified. So she was already feeling all the stress that she'd been through where she'd been a, a well-trained medical profession in her con- professional in her country. She came and it wasn't sufficient. She had to requalify. So she, you know, that whole feeling of what? I've got to do this all over again. So she did it all over again. She establishes herself in a practice. She gets married. She has a baby. And then she's married to this person who is saying she can't think her way out of a paper bag, (laughs) you know? And so I I said to him, you're talking about your wife, are you? I'm just checking. He said, well, yeah, look at her. I mean, I can't trust her with anything. I said, you mean the woman who is entrusted to hold babies and and, uh, perform surgery and take people back to health and take them through the difficult journey if they happen to be uh, experiencing something terrible in their life, that woman? And he said, yes, but you should see her at home. (laughs) Now, that's always a big red flag because, you know, I've said so often on this show, and everyone who listens regularly will know that hijackals paint a public picture of perfection and provide at home a private place of pain. Mm -hmm. So here she is doing all these things that he's jealous of. And so he has to tear her down and say she's incompetent at home. And so at home, she becomes this hypervigilant person who Mm -hmm. cannot really think. So everybody, no matter what your profession, if you get yourself into one of these relationships, your body may very well go through all the things we're talking about today. And mm-hmm. you need help, you know, so reach out, talk to Dr. Elizabeth Hughes, talk to me, do something to help yourself. So let's move on now to this metabolic function. (laughs) Absolutely. But I do want to come back to the doctors in a moment, but let's do the metabolic function first. 
So the the point to the stress hormones is to make um, glucose, sugar, that's what our body runs on, available quickly. And so our bodies are flooded with sugar all the time. Frequently, this leads to insulin uh, resistance because, you know, we're you know, the more you put pump out insulin, which is trying to suck the the sugar back into the body, well, the body says, but we need we need more sugar. So let's just flood more uh, insulin in or more glucose into the system. And this is what the the pattern that comes with type two diabetes. And if I give a person uh, the same steroid hormones, the same stress hormones, and this is particularly the glucocorticoid steroid hormones. If you take steroids for long enough, you develop the picture of type 2 diabetes. So, you know, bingo, there it is. Um, The cardiovascular system, your blood pressure rises, your heart then has to work harder to push against the blood pressure in the rest of the body. The heart literally gets tired. It can it can um, work harder for a period of time, but eventually it will out you know it will become weaker. If you have the same problem of the blood pressure being high to the little blood vessels that um, that are feeding the heart muscle on the outside, people don't realize you don't actually get your blood from inside your heart. There are separate blood vessels there, but if those are clamped down and under high blood pressure, that's a heart attack right there. That's, that's, or at least one waiting to happen or waiting to happen. And uh, so, you know, the kidneys, likewise, they rely on having a certain amount of blood flow that runs through. And if you have high blood pressure, your kidneys will cease to function. And that's, you know, that's flooding your body with the toxins that are supposed to leave through the urine. Uh, Your muscles become weak. Uh, You know, they're strong over a little period of time, but that constant exposure to, um, to the steroid hormones eventually starts to weaken the muscles. They don't bulk up the way you might think they would, even though they may have a temporary burst of energy. It's not sustainable. Um, and, and this is really interesting. Whenever the, the stress hormones are high, pretty much every other hormone in the body shuts down or goes low. So you can have infertility problems. You can have thyroid problems. You have sleep problems. It's just the idea. I mean, when you think about it is when you're on high alert, you don't need to sleep, right? You shouldn't sleep. You definitely don't want to have a baby, you know, maybe, you know, while you're, you know, your thyroid kind of, which is supposed to be about balance and regulation. Well, throw that out the window. We're in danger. That's what the steroid hormones say or the stress hormones say. So your whole endocrine, your whole hormonal system can collapse and look shot in a weird way. And this is where people will say, well, my hormone levels are normal, but nothing's working. That, uh, that, uh, and, but it's because the steroid hormones have just taken over your stress. Your body is totally primed with this physical stress response. I would bet that there are many people feeling like me right now, which is, oh, 
That's exhausting. (laughs) (laughs) You know, just thinking about how stress causes you to vibrate. And in in that vibrating, you're using all the energy that now the other hormones don't have a chance because you're using all of this. And if you are vibrating at that level, say you you have a job, you go to a job and you're going home to a hijackal. You know, at, at work, you may feel competent, you may feel safe, you know the parameters, you can relax, you can laugh, you can enjoy other people, you know everything's fine. Comes close to going home time, you start to get your shoulders up to your earlobes, you start to get yourself kind of braced for what might happen. Think what's happening in your body at that moment. Now, Dr. Elizabeth has just told you what's happening, but just think, the body goes on high alert. Do I need to be hypervigilant? What's going to happen? Is that person coming home tonight? Maybe they're not. Oh, maybe they are. Maybe they've been home all day. Maybe they refuse to work and they're always there. And as soon as I'm supposed to be off work, they start timing how many minutes it's going to be till I get home and why aren't I there on time? If those things are happening to you, why I really wanted to talk to Dr. Elizabeth again today was these things are going on in your body and your body is finite. It can't keep putting up with this without wearing something out or down. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, and not to get too morbid about this, because I don't necessarily want to be morbid, but when you look at the top 10 causes of death, things like heart disease, cancer, oh, I didn't even go into the immune system. The immune system goes totally haywire. Can't fight abnormal uh, pathogens like, you know, Bacteria, viruses, you just don't fight them off as well. Don't kill off cancer cells in the early stages. Uh, so all of that uh, is, is off with stress. But back to what I was saying, cancer, heart disease, lung disease, high blood pressure, all of those top causes of, uh, of death, including, and I love this, unintentional accidents. If you look at the top 10, unintentional accidents, I believe is number 10. There is incredibly strong evidence, research evidence to show that all of them are more likely and related to stress. And I love the ones on the the unintentional accidents is just, I think it's because your alert system is so overwhelmed and worried about the danger you know is over there that you miss the danger that might be right here. Well, you can only pay attention to so many things at the same time. Absolutely. You know, the brain is binary. We may think we multitask, but the brain is binary. On, off, I'm doing this, I've got attention there, or I don't have attention there. (laughs) You know, and we keep thinking, oh, no, I got all this together. Well, now we're talking about you have stress, which stress is taking priority. You think you're functioning well driving the car. You think your peripheral vision is great, but you're really concerned about what's going to happen when you get home. All of that can happen at once successfully and well. (laughs) Something's going to take first place, second place, third (laughs) place. So I think that's really important to know, Elizabeth, that, 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 that whole idea of accident, you know, you just get stressed. You know, when you're stressed, you walk into door frames, you trip over sidewalks, you know, exactly. 
Yeah, so that happens. So I want to talk about the immune system. And I, I'm very interested in the work of Dr. Gabar Mate in Canada, and I have been for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Um, because, of course, I'm Canadian, so I knew about him in the, in the 80s, right? right. <laughs> so I followed him for a long time. And he did a, a long-term breast cancer study. Um, and one of the things that he found was if you're isolated but not stressed, there's no change in the incidence of breast cancer. Mm-hmm. If you're stressed and not isolated, there's no incidence in the rate of breast cancer. But if you're stressed and isolated, it goes up to 20 times more. Now, his study showed nine times. I think he's revised the study since. Mm-hmm. So just think about that. Stressed and isolated. Yes. How does that affect you? You feel like you can't talk to people because you've been cut off. You know, I often say, Elizabeth, that the reason I do this podcast, and I don't mean to be funny, I really started it for this reason, is I want to be the voice that's there when you're up in the middle of the night, chewing your fingernails down to your elbows, isolated and marginalized, and wondering, does anybody else know what's going on? Because this is so difficult to handle. You are not alone. Yes, it happens to many, many people. Yes, there's a way out. And this is very important. So Dr. Mate said this. He said, the very same brain centers that interpret and feel physical pain also become activated during experiences of emotional rejection. Yes. People don't realize that that feeling of loneliness is designed to trigger those same receptors so that we, because we are pack animals, we need our tribe. Need It's the same as, you know, you're supposed to make that pain stop by go find someone. But if you are isolated, um, it's very hard. And you can and, be isolated and around lots of people. Like that's an important thing to note. That's an important thing to know. And if you're being isolated, like think about the animal kingdom. Okay, there's one dominant dog that is going back and forth in front of the fence, and you are trapped behind that dog behind the fence, and it is not letting anybody near you. It is barking at everything. It's showing its teeth. And you are like, I'd like out of here. I would really like out of here. The dog is protecting me in the sense that they don't want anybody near me. It's a big, big, big predicament. It is a big contradiction. Like I want out. I can't get out. Am I being protected? Am I not being protected? What's really going on? So you can be with a hijackal and you could go to a family event and you're hypervigilant because you know the hijackal has their eyes on you at every second. So that dog is walking in front of you and family members, observing you from everywhere, just on high alert and therefore you cannot relax so you know the animal kingdom is a good place for us to look for these things because when i have prey nobody else is going to get to eat that prey i'm going to prance back and forth and and keep my prey so i can eat it later but you're not going to get any of it (laughs) Right. right and that's what happens when you go home for christmas and you're with a hijackal and they will not let you interact with the family and then they do things like well 
you know, this is no good for me. I'm going to go and sit in the car. And you're supposed to be this creature who says, oh, well, that's terrible. I'll come with you. And I was just because we've experienced the holidays recently, I was I was speaking to folks about at that moment, you say, okay, well, that's an interesting choice. You can sit in the car if you like, and then stop worrying about them sitting in the car. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right, right, right. Easier said than done. So the big thing that I think we really want to talk about for the remainder of our time is the immune system, because so many things arise from a depressed immune system and a repressed immune system. And we can draw the parallels between you being depressed and you being repressed. The immune system takes that on. Yeah, yeah. So to get really metaphorical about this, and it may not be 100% scientific, but I'll, I'll share my thoughts about it. Um, your immune system is the, the thing that separate or, or distinguishes between attackers and what's safe, right? And if you are living with a hijackal, an emotionally toxic person, a difficult, you know, what, whoever, whatever situation it is, you are confused about what safety really is. Mm-hmm. And so is your immune system then. And so it's it's a funny thing because sometimes you can have an immune system that doesn't um, attack or get rid of the infections, like, you know, all the chronic yeast infections, all the chronic fungal infections, all the chronic sinusitis, all of that in the world doesn't get rid of that but instead might turn around and attack yourself because your hijackal is also attacking you. And so you're internalizing that feeling of there's something wrong, there's something wrong, there's something wrong with me. And it's, um, it is um, a subtle and interesting way to think about the immune system as you know your, your boundary and your barrier of bad keep out and good stay in is totally changed and your immune system responds in the same way. So our systems are off. They've lost their ability to calibrate correctly anymore Mm -hmm. because we are running after, how do you like me so far? How do I get good enough? How, you know, just what do I need to do to please you? Because that's what healthy people do. They think, oh, well, I'll adjust. Is there something that you want? Maybe there'll be some compromise. But when we fall off the turnip truck and we we go, oh, well, it's all about what will please you. We get into this. I'm giving you everything that I have and I'm getting nothing in return. And the depletion of that has such an effect on all systems in our body. But the immune system continuously comes up, Elizabeth, because I'm sure with your patients and with my clients, I see this so frequently that they are um, they're experiencing fibromyalgia. They're experiencing uh, system-wide dysfunctions mm-hmm. that people are saying are kind of mysterious, you know. And to me, they're not all that mysterious. Maybe no. 30. <laughs> no, they're not. They're not. Yeah. No, because here we are, we're repressing the immune system. We're living under constant stress. All these things are happening. So whether we're, we're experiencing scleroderma or ankylizing spondylitis or uh, lupus. Chronic or fatigue syndrome. Chronic fatigue, Epstein-Barr, um, all these things that will come up, MS in some cases. I mean, things that, that are responding neurologically um, in every possible way, and they make a shift in our body 
body and maybe something develops after because we've had this cataclysmic event in our life. Like I've worked with people who, when we traced it back, it wasn't people with hijackles, it was before that work. But when we traced it back, there was such a traumatic experience in their life that affected every system in their body and they hadn't noticed that. And it started to play out in things that started to go sideways and wrong. And so when we're dealing with hijackles in our life, which of course is what Save Your Sanity is all about, you're having chronic stress, chronic, chronic, chronic stress, hypervigilance. What's your body going to do? It's going to complain. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And, and, um, and, and complain oftentimes in little ways that, that don't seem like an individual bit is a problem. Like, oh, you know, my bottom of my feet hurt, you know, like, so, but I can get around it. I'll just, I'll just live with that. And then, you know, the headaches start and then I just, you know, I'm just tired. I just, I feel tired. And, and it, it builds up and builds up in such, um, an insidious little way that all of a sudden your um, your body, if your, if your body could, it would be shouting at you in lots of different ways. Yeah. But it's um, sometimes it's it can the one of the hardest things that I see in the people that I work with is really listening to what your body's trying to tell you. Mm-hmm. It's usually sending one loud, clear message, but so many people will say, well, I'm having headaches. I need a neurologist, or maybe I need, you know, to get acupuncture or something like that. And now I'm having foot pain. So I need to see a podiatrist and maybe I'm having irritable bowel syndrome. And well, that's my GI doctor. And I also, you know, see a naturopath for that. And people will have you know, half a dozen or a dozen different specialists, each for each symptom. When, when you vump, like really hone in, it's all one condition. It's all your body saying, we can't do it anymore. Like, we're like, please give us a break. And no, there's another side to that too, which, you know, what you're saying is so wise. And I hope everybody is listening because your body is giving you the message. And Dr. Gabra Mate actually wrote a book called When Your Body Says No. One of my favorites. That is one, literally one of my favorite books. Yeah. So your body is saying no, and it's not just saying it, it is screaming it loudly in death rows. So listen up. But also notice, and uh, this is not blame or shame, but notice that when a doctor listens to you, you feel a moment like somebody's interested in me. Mm -hmm. And then when you get going to five specialists, going to the doctor becomes a way of life, but you're also finally someone's listening to you. And I just want to point out that having someone who actually gets what's happening to you is the solution. Because if you have someone who says, just like Dr. Elizabeth is saying, when you look at all the little places, all the little screams, and it turns out to be one big howl, then someone is going to help you with that hearing it and, and saying that I do that for my clients. You do that for your patients. And then you can finally go, I'm not crazy. No, these things are happening to me. And it basically it's my body saying, Hey, can listen now? How about now? 
you know, <laughs> so your well, body speaks to you in those ways. And then you go off thinking I need help, but there's another piece. And that piece is when that happens, the hijackal does not like it and they get worse. They get oh, yeah. worse to you. So this is the circular thing. It feeds into this whole system, which is why it is so important for you to get help. So important. And and I want to not to not to upset people, but I want to be really, really honest. So I am a medical doctor. I practiced conventional medicine. Conventional medicine and conventional doctors cannot help you in the way you really need for this. That rushed 15-minute appointment, uh, I won't go into all of the constraints, but the truth of the matter is that your doctor cares, but your doctor, within the constraints of the medical system, um, at least in the U.S., I'm in the United States, where there's very, very specific things that you can do and very specific amounts of time. And there's an incredible time pressure on every doctor. You're not going to really, really get the help you need. You may have a sympathetic ear. You may have someone who really wants to help. But, you know, when I was working only in the medical system, my hands felt tied. Like I would see what a person needs and I would know that, it wasn't going to be offered, you know, it wasn't going to be possible. And this is not to, not to say that medicine doesn't have a role and it doesn't mean that you should like abandon all, all medical care because you may well need some, something for your high blood pressure or anything like that. But you're, if you're really, really suffering there is a point where you are going to need to jump outside the box of what medical care says is necessary and sufficient. Because I will say from inside that box, it's not, it's not, you need, you need someone like, you know, Roberta or me, or, you know, there's lots of folks who do it, but we don't look like doctors. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, we are, we are, but we don't look like doctors. We don't act like doctors. Well, I, I would beg that question. I think we act like doctors need to act and, not, and they're not constrained, you know. Right. Um, but I, I think you're so right. And it's not it's not to blame the doctors at all. It's the constraints of the system. I had an osteopathic doctor that worked within a medical system. I loved her. She would spend 45 minutes to an hour with me every time we went. She is no longer there after 13 years. And when I knew she was going to get fired. I don't know if she got fired or left first. I have no idea. But I knew she was playing, you know, with the devils because, you know, she would just take the time it took. And that was frowned upon. So Mm -hmm. when I tried to replace her, I was given this younger osteopath and I went in And he sat, and yes, times of social distancing, yes, we had our masks on, but we sat 10 feet apart. He took my word for everything. He never touched me. He never interacted in any way. He sent me to a whole lot of specialists. Oh, we should go here, and you should go here, and you should go here. He never followed up. He never did anything. And that whole interaction was then billed to me as though it were a, um, oh, what do you call it, a physical exam. Mm-hmm. 
Right. And so I fought it uh, because they wanted to, me to pay because I'd had a physical exam. And I said, I do believe that in a physical exam, someone actually has to touch you. I think there are some, some uh, criteria here that were missed and I did not have to pay. So it is really important for us to become consumers of medical services that are wise and can speak up. And if you've been torn down, worn down and put down by a hijackle, maybe you can't have the energy you need to expend over there. But Elizabeth's point is really well taken. You know, we can help you understand holistically what is going on. Then if you need this or you need that, you can go and get little bits of that, but you are not running around looking for the answer. We'll help you with the answers. So really important, go to Elizabeth Hughes, dot com, or you can come on over to forrelationshiphelp.com, but you already know that. You all know where you can find me. Um, this is such an important conversation. And, you know, I think that we also have to look at the addiction process. And I don't mean that to substances. I mean, we can be addicted to stress and drama and, and oh, the yeah. flood of hormones and things. So we'll save that for another day, Elizabeth, because we're going to have to talk again. Um, <laughs> I look forward to it. <laughs> so I thank you so much for your medical insights today because invaluable to people. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. So good to see you again. I've been talking with Dr. Elizabeth Hughes. You find her at elizabethhughesmd.com. She is a more holistic practitioner of the medical sciences than many, and she's given herself the latitude to be able to do that. So you want to connect with her. And you can connect with me at forrelationshiphelp.com and we'll talk about life with hijackals and how you need to make some changes and what's really going on, what can change and what cannot change. Now, before we talk again, you know what I'm going to say. Take very, very, very good care of yourself because you're precious, you matter, and you're the only one that can demonstrate that to you. Talk soon. Thank you for joining me on the Save Your Sanity podcast today. I hope you've had some new insights, some ideas and strategies to help you gain clarity and confidence for moving forward toward greater emotional health and safety. You deserve that, and so do your children. If you found value here and would like to support this podcast with a dollar or five each month, please do so at patreon.com slash saveyoursanity. Learn more about how to work with me via video conference, join my optimized circles, or subscribe to this podcast on my YouTube channel at my website, transformingrelationship.com. Talk soon.